The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Roads Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome, everyone. Glad to have you with us for another episode of Trip Talk. Today, we're going to be headed close to San Diego to Vista, California, into a California landmark. And we're going to have our second visit with the remarkable and the energetic and always poised Nicole Strickland. She's a great friend of the show. We look forward to talking to her again. And we'll be back with more Trip Talk right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, the holiday gift-giving season has arrived. You sure can't say it's too early to fuel the open road dreams of special people in your life with a subscription to American Road Magazine. With exciting features, quality writing, and beautiful photography in every issue, American Road makes a perfect gift for road-tripping moms and dads, gallivanting grandparents, adventurous aunts and uncles. Maybe that special friend will enjoy it, too. Visit AmericanRoadMagazine.com. That's AmericanRoadMagazine.com. Click subscribe, and for a limited time, you can enter the code KKNW to receive 25% off your subscription. Welcome back. We are again going to be talking to Nicole Strickland. She is an extraordinary researcher into history and into the paranormal as well. She is well known all over North America, and her home base is San Diego. Today, we're going to focus on a place that is known throughout the area for its ties to early California history. We're talking about Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. And when it comes to that, there are a few people who know more than Nicole at this point. She might demur on that, but the fact is she's been re researching it for just about a decade now and knows plenty. A natural history lover. Nicole Strickland is a native of San Diego, California. She obtained her Bachelor of Arts degree in Media Arts and a minor in Journalism from the University of Arizona in 2001. Having a passion for education, she then achieved her Master of Science degree in Educational Counseling from National University in 2004. She is licensed to serve as a K-12 school counselor in California and has been an educator with San Diego City Schools for over 10 years. Nicole also works as a freelance writer and blogger in her spare time. And yes, she is the co-host of the popular Spirits of the Adobe Tours at the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe in Vista, California. And she has been researching the site for just about a decade. We're very happy to have her back with us. Nicole Strickland, welcome. Thank you so much for having me back. What a pleasure. What an honor. Glad to talk us, with you guys again. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. For us as well, Nicole, I have not had the pleasure of meeting you. We're going to remedy that one of these days, I'm quite sure. <laughs> I know. <laughs> my partner, Suzanne Mitchell, and I, we, we're not just radio partners. We're partners in life, and we would love to sit down and break bread with you. And we'd love to take oh, the it's tour. Gonna happen. It's going yeah. to happen, and maybe it'll happen at the Queen Mary. You're an expert on the Queen Mary. You, the first time you were on the show, we talked about that beautiful vessel, historic and, yes. and so stately in character, haunted as well. And the same can be said, much the same, about Rancho Buena Vista Adobe in Vista, California, which I believe is just north of San Diego. And you have spent time conducting tours. You have done plenty of research and you have a book. I got to get the name of the book in here. Spirits of Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, a beautiful book that describes the incredible early California history and the lasting legacy of Rancho Buena Vista. 
Yeah, absolutely. That was such a pleasure to write. And I must add, the foreword that you and Suzanne wrote just topped it off. It was just such a beautiful piece that you guys wrote. So thank you so much. Oh, you're quite welcome. We were honored yes. to be asked, and, and it was a pleasure to do it. When we talk about Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, there's so much. I might as well go back to the beginning. And in the first chapter, Nicole, you talk about how tribes, ancient tribes, early days of North, North American civilization, people moving in, some of them lost to history, others that survived to this day. And here is this place that came along in the 19th century, pre-Civil War, at a time which marked the transition from the mission system in California. And for right. those of you for those of you who aren't familiar with California or never lived there, I grew up in Southern California, so I know about El Camino Real and, and Father Junipero Serra there. Yes. But for those who don't, the mission system, Nicole, and then transitioning to the Rancho system. Tell us about that. So, well, the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe is up in Vista. That's about, about 30 minutes north of San Diego. So we have to remember that uh, Southern California is, back in the day, going back thousands of years, uh, had many different native tribes, many different. And so when the Spanish people started infiltrating the area, those native people uh, with the mission system started to um, work for the mission system and were Christianized, if you will. And uh, that actually, that whole period, I think they classify the Native American period from about 1769 to about 1821. So at in the early 1820s, that's when the rancho or Mexican period started to become dominant. And that actually uh, started to, to come to be because of the... Uh, so the mission era declined by the 1830s with independence of Mexico from Spain. So that started ushering in a bunch of the the ranchos that were being built in the area, one of which in Vista, since we're concentrating on the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, or Vista is the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. Now, nearby, it's about two miles, about two miles, give or take, northwest is also the Rancho Guajome, which Cave Johnson Couch lived there and owned with his wife, Isadora Bandini de Couch. They also owned the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, but never lived there. So, um, Many people started uh, having ranchos. A lot of the soldiers from the, the mission period uh, were granted land grants, uh, like the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. And that, the RBVA, as we call it, goes back. The original owner was uh, a neophyte named Felipe uh, Subria, Native American, and he got that in 1850. And what's interesting about the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe is that there were a of different people that owned the premises from 1850 until the city of Vista purchased it in 1989. So it has a pretty extensive history. It definitely does, Nicole, and I was fascinated to discover that the agricultural developments, the newest techniques back in the day, were made available to Native American people who came on as laborers, and this right. created an ethnic mix that certainly benefited Rancho Buena Vista. I'm just curious to know about the intermingling of peoples with very different backgrounds and how they made that work in that locale. Well, a lot of the, the Native Americans, specifically with the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, uh, were employed by the nearby San Luis Rey Mission, which is just, just down the road. 
the Lisueno peoples, if you will. So they helped build structure. Um, they did everything from helping to farm, helping with uh, different grazing types of procedures, farming, agricultural, all the way to building the actual structures. And what's interesting is Isadora Bandini de Couch, when they, when her and her husband owned the property for a period, she actually employed Native American children. And so it's interesting. Ali Shriver uh, is my co-host for the Spirits of the Adobe Tours and then also a co-director for the San Diego Paranormal Research Society. And just uh, to get general history of the Adobe as well as delving into doing further research for our book, we actually went to the Huntington Library, which is in Los Angeles and San Marino, and they have in its history room, they have annals of actual Cave Johnson Couch journal notes. And we've spent a total of two days, maybe 16 hours, going through those. It's going to take us many more days to go through everything, but they have a ton of research on on uh, the Adobe, and that's where we learned that Isadora Bandini Couch employed these children. And uh, they're is one, and I'm, maybe I'm going a little bit too further here, but there's one uh, spiritual entity at the Adobe that we've come into contact with, and we believe he might be the uh, one of the spirits there of the Native American children that Isadora uh, employed. So it's fascinating. It is fascinating on so many levels. I do want to get to the spirited history of Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, there, but before, I just want to linger a bit in terms of the socioeconomics and the strife surrounding the place. That's part of the charm of your book, Spirits of Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. There was so much about sovereignty there because when I think when the adobe was built, it was still indeterminate as to its future because that part of California at one time was run by the king of Spain and then Mexico. Right, right. And I mean, so much of that, you know how I got that, Nicole? I have to tell one on myself here. I learned about that originally from watching episodes of Zorro. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so I yeah, got to learn about early California. Well. And you look at that in the early California history. It was quite tumultuous. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I mean, back in the day, oh, gosh, everyone was fighting to get land, right? So, I mean, there were horse bandits. I mean, if you had, you know, that's one of the reasons uh, uh, the uh, Couch's eldest son, uh, Cave Couch Jr., held his prize stallions inside the structure, because if you left them out, not, out at night, they'd be gone. But, I mean, it was just such a tumultuous time. I mean, people fighting for land, you know, people fighting for titles and that sort of thing. It was definitely a, a difficult way of life socially and economically, but just, you know, they didn't have the conveniences that we do today, but yet they made it work, you know? So it's definitely, you know, I, I try to, when I wrote the book, I was like, oh my gosh, I thought about me living in that time period. And it's knowing what I know now, of modern times, I don't think I could do it, you know? So No, no, I don't think I could either. It just occurs to me, Nicole, that hunger and thirst and the threat from your environment will make some strange bedfellow, bedfellows, as it were, strange alliances rather quickly when you're faced with the harsh environment itself. 
the environment Absolutely. in some ways was the enemy. I mean, how were you guaranteed that you'd have enough water, for example? You got to water your horses and your crops. Oh, I know. Absolutely. And there were many there. I mean, all kinds of different animals and, and uh, you know, all kinds of different agriculture procedures to attend to. And absolutely. It's just it was a hard scrabble life is what it was. A hard scrabble life is a very good yeah. way of describing it. And yet, and just on the other side of this question, I want to get into the paranormal history because many, many people who will take this tour, who tour it already, are thrilled to imagine themselves in the presence of spirits. Many believe that they've right. encountered them. Apparitions, it's an extraordinary history unto itself, just that aspect of the adobe. But when we look at, at the history of who owned it, Nicole, it seems that probably, and I think there were like 18 ranchos in this area there, if you look back at the 18 well-defined right. ranchos. So Absolutely. Rancho Buena Vista Adobe seems to have been held by the high and mighty as well as the hard scrabble pioneers. There are people that found that to be quite the gem and they purchased it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you have, I mean, two names, two of what I've just mentioned. You have Cave Johnson Cautini, Adora Bandini of the very legendary Bandini family who has a huge influence in, in San Diego history. They owned it for quite some time. I mean, we had uh, the Pollards, uh, Harry uh, Pollard and his wife, Margarita Fisher, who was a silent film screen actress. He was a producer, I believe, with MGM. They owned it for a period of time. He actually passed away, but she continued to stay there. So all kinds of different people own this property, some very well known to San Diego history, others not. But, you know, it's just it's when you think about that and all those people coming from all their backgrounds, all of that energy is almost implanted in the walls of the structure. And, you know, that's probably what remains and it's, it's just such a beautiful iconic building and i've been very lucky to spend the last 10 years uh, researching it for sure we're talking with nicole strickland she co-hosts spirits of the adobe tours in vista california tours of rancho buena vista adobe her book is spirits of rancho buena vista adobe i'll bet you if you go there you can find the book on the shelf in the gift shop i'm quite certain yeah. i sure hope so <laughs> yes it is there <laughs> And Nicole, when you guide people on these tours, let's go ahead and let our imaginations run wild here. So we've pulled up, we've parked, we've paid our fee, and we are ready to do the tour. Where do you begin this tour of such a magnificent historical building? Oh my goodness, it's it's. I mean, it's large. There's it's actually 1,184 acres. Um, I think it's that's what was issued in 1845. It's actually a little bit bigger than that. So it's kind of hard to find nowadays. It's uh, right on Alta Vista Avenue in Vista, and it's right across the street from the beautiful Civic Center. So there's a, a massive parking lot. People, including Allie and I, park there. And then across the street, there's these two sets of, of beautiful um, black iron gates, if you will, leading down this uh, cobblestone pathway. So you go down that pathway, and then to your right is the guest house that I believe the uh, Pollards built. I, I could be mistaken on that. Um, the guest house and then the gift store is right next to it. And then to the left, there's this beautiful, like, I will plant lace. I don't know if it's ivy, but plant lace archway with a gate. And so when you go inside that gate, there is the most 
gorgeous, serene courtyard with all these beautiful, you know, plants and, and the landscaping is just uh, really nice. And so the adobe is like an L-shaped structure. And what's interesting about it is it wasn't all built at the same time. And so both ends of it were kind of built first. And then the, the sala grande or the big room, if you will, it's also known as the music room, that was uh, built later. And that's actually what conjoined the L-shaped structure. And then in the back, there's what's known as like servants' rooms, like three or four, I believe three of them. And so the school district, I think for fourth and fifth grade students, they have Adobe days. And so these students come to the Adobe learn about how people lived uh, back in the day and they uh, do kind of little like arts and crafts and, and make tortillas in the kitchen and that sort of thing. So they have those rooms now are used as classrooms. So we don't go into those rooms. We mainly take people in the courtyard. Like I said, starting out in the guest house, we usually start by doing a little introduction. And then there's a really great uh, about 10-minute historical overview video, and it's very well-produced. It's not something that you'll fall asleep to. It's really well-produced. And so the guests watch that, and then we all reconvene back out where in the, in the guest house area. And then Allie and I do a little bit more of a presentation, a little bit more about our team and how we approach paranormal research. And uh, after that, we then take guests through the L-shaped adobe, and the tour is designed to not just be paranormal, because without history, you can't really have a lot of paranormal activity. So it's designed to actually blend the, the paranormal with the historical tapestry of the adobe and vista. And so guests get to go through each room, and we do uh, uh, experimentation, electronic voice phenomena sessions, ghost box sessions. We have a, a divining rod session that we do in the kitchen. So it's, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's educational at the same time. In particular, Nicole, I would love to hear more, as I'm sure our listeners would, more about the divining rod experiment. Most everybody knows what a divining rod is, but what would you be doing with one of those in the kitchen at Rancho Buena Vista Adobe? You know, the divining rods... Uh, it's kind of they're kind of controversial. Some people elect not to use them. They're more of a metaphysical type of device. I don't even know if you can really call them a device, but it's similar to if you're going to use pendulums, like with uh, crystals at the end. So we use copper uh, divining rods, and as we know, they're used to find water and other sources underground. But I've found in my research, and again, it's you can't really prove anything with the use. I, I consider them more of like an adjunct tool with other types of scientific uh, devices that we use. And so in the kitchen, we'll uh, educate people on how to properly use them. And so, I, like I said, I find them as like a supportive tool when doing other types of experimentation. So hypothetically, let's say we're doing an EVP session and we have our recorders laid out to capture any voices that we might get or any electronic noises that we might get. And let's say we do capture an EVP of maybe to the question, is there anyone here with us? And let's say we get a yes. Well, we won't necessarily hear that response until after we review our audio, especially if it's an EVP, because with an EVP, you don't hear it at the time. So with that said, if we're also using divining rods, we may elect the rods to cross for any yes questions Mm. or a spread outward for any no questions or for asking comparative questions, we may elect for um, 
one word to cross for, let's say, do you like chocolate or vanilla? Maybe you elect the rods to cross for chocolate, spread outwards for vanilla. So in our research or in our review, if we were to, uh, let's say, get across to uh, uh, the rods cross to, is there anyone here with us? And then we also happen to get an EVP of someone saying yes. That's two pieces of the puzzle that might connect. So in paranormal research, the more pieces of the puzzle that you can fit tightly together, the, the you know better it is. So we use them more, or the divining rods more as like an experimental type of, of tool, and it's, it's engaging. It brings the guests together. We have two to three different sets, and everyone tries it, and it's a lot of fun. So it's, it's kind of a group type of activity that works really well on tour. I'm looking forward to this so much, <laughs> and I'm yeah, hoping that I know, I, right? I'm hoping that I might be lucky enough to see the famous lady in white. And I'm sure there's oh, quite a backstory yeah. there. Who was the lady in white, and who is she today? Apparently, an apparition. Yes, I would definitely classify her as an apparition. Now, I'm not sure if she's residual, meaning that there's no uh, intelligence to her. It's just kind of like an imprint on the environment. Or if she's intelligent, it's really hard to know. I'm, I'm not really quite sure on that. Now, a lot of people think it's one of the Couch daughters, um, who's also named Isadora um, Forster Fuller Gray Couch, I believe her name is. And she lived there at one time with her husband, and they're the ones that actually built the board and bat and kitchen and the beautiful dining room there. And so there were some financial issues. I'm not going to go into any more detail with that. And so that kind of, uh, there was a foreclosure there and some arguments among the family and that sort of thing. Uh, so a lot of people think because of that, she's the lady in white. However, in our research, Allie and I also feel that the lady in white might be mom, as in Isadora Bandini de Couch. It's hard to know. So I would say it's probably one of those two. Maybe there's more than one lady in white. I don't know. But an interesting story goes back to the early 90s. I guess there were landscapers on the property early in the morning, maybe I think around 6 or 6.30 in the morning, and a woman came up to them and started talking to one of them. And that, that individual turned around and uh, started talking to this woman. He heard her. He saw her and heard her, but then had to turn around to face her. In the time that it took for him to turn around, which was maybe a split second, if you will, or a second, she was gone. And so I believe both those landscapers quit their jobs just because <laughs> kind of freaked them out. But, um, yeah, so there's a lot of stories about the lady in white. My mom's actually believes she's seen her, and mm. she was inside the premises in the Sala Grande, and there's like a little um, door window, if you will, uh, and that window looks out into the courtyard, and my mom was inside during a tour one night, and she described what I would refer to as the lady in white. So I've never seen her, but other people have. The lady in white, certainly to be watched for when anybody takes the tour. We have yeah. just a couple of minutes left, Nicole. So I wanted to ask you, are the rumors true as far as you know about supposedly a hidden skeleton buried on the ground somewhere? Actually, in the major domo room, which was the head foreman's room, in the early 1930s, late 1920s, an electrician was installing wiring the building, and that's when he discovered human remains. And so 
to this day, I mean, I don't even think we could take in any sort of radar type of piece because I think the bones would by now with the adobe be disintegrated. But we do, based on our research, we believe um, that Juan Gonzalez, who may have been one of the Native American indentured servants by Isadora Bandini de Couch, we believe those remains belong to a Juan Gonzalez, just based on our research. So, um, But it's hard to know. You know, we don't know for sure. That's still something that we're trying to research. And I guess I should make mention it because your book, again, it's Spirits of Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, has plenty of photographs, too. You feel like you're on the tour in the pages of this book. There is a gorgeous room with a big chandelier. It's a classic. And I think that's the room where there's the piano that plays on its own. Yes, that's the Sala Grande. Absolutely. There's also an organ there, too. And people have seen a woman sitting there uh, playing the organ as well. But that piano, absolutely. Sometimes people will hear it play. I haven't yet, but other people have. Yes. And and then finally, there. I don't know if you open it or close it, but the tour seems to spend some time at least in a guest house. That's also on the grounds. Yeah, that's where we start, right? And we actually end the tour in uh, the original adobe space where Felipe Subria resided. He actually resided in a kind of a hut on the property, and then he built the actual structure, and it was just a little tiny room that's now kind of uh, staged as like a children's room. And that space was considered the original adobe space on the property. Nicole, I've enjoyed this so I, I think people will love going there. The architecture alone is compelling. It'll be a wonderful step back into early California history. And once again, this is in Vista, California, a half hour north of San Diego. Where can people go online to purchase their tickets or get more information in planning a trip there? Absolutely. They can go on our website, San Diego Paranormal Research.com. And under the tours bracket, you can learn a little bit more about uh, the Adobe tours and the Adobe. We have some historical pictures. But to actually purchase tickets, it's through the city of Vista. And it's a website called VistaRecreation.com. And so when you go on that, you're going to click on where it says uh, Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. I think they recently uh, remodeled their website. But you're going to find where there's a link for Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. Click on that, and you're going to follow those links, and you're going to see Spirits of the Adobe Tours. You click on that, and then there's times listed. We offer them on the third Friday of each month, 7 p.m. tour and a 9.30 p.m. tour, $25 a person, and I must say that the proceeds go to benefit the Adobe, so they are fundraising tours. Thank you so much, Nicole Strickland. A pleasure once again. I can't wait until we can get you back on Trip Talk. You're always going someplace fun. We'll catch up again. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day, guys. You as well. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue of American Road Magazine. Until next week, drive safely and dream well.